Hey, how's it going, universe? Welcome to another episode of Zoobox Goes to the Movies. This week, Sarah is uh, helping me out. We have to do kind of a last-minute change-up. Uh, yeah. So we had I think to... I'm contractually obligated to do that. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Big Paul sent me a letter um, talking about how he never wanted to talk to me again. He disavows me. He disavows, disavows, disavows. Uh, he sent it through the post, which I think he said it was supposed to have been here a couple days ago, but you know how what's going on with the post office. So they have Man. no sorting machine. You, you're lucky you got it in a couple days. I know, right? Usually it takes a couple years, but um, it ended up being a snafu. He just mixed up the, the letters. The letter that I got was actually supposed to go to his son. <gasps> yeah. Oh, man. So, Ooh, it's, it's going to be yeah, tough so to his, find out. So his son, his son got a much more collegial letter. You know, much more like, hey, man, I just something came up. <laughs> man, that's crazy. Yeah, pretty embarrassing on his part, if you ask me. Pretty embarrassing. Glad I could, glad I could help out. Yeah, so we kind of just randomly kind of quickly had to kind of put something together. So this will be a little bit more light, a little more... You know, this is we picked something that we actually kind of already have a lot of familiarity with. So we mm-hmm. picked uh, Zack Snyder's The Watchmen, or Watchmen rather, in yeah. honor of the uh, of DC fandom. They released the first teaser trailer for the Snyder cut of Justice League, and also they released a few other trailers. They did like Suicide Squad. They had like a little teaser for that, which yeah. wasn't any footage, but it's just like the characters. And it's like I guess on set stuff. So I watched a little bit of that too. Yeah, and uh, and but also the big thing that we were excited about was Matt Reeves's new version of the Batman. Yes. Uh, they dropped Which, a trailer for that. Uh, at first, I think you remember when I first found out who was playing Batman, I was just like, "Nah, son." But after tonight, yes, I- Sarah's Sarah's one of these judgy people. She's like one of these people who've been like Heath Ledger. Ooh. And I was actually. <laughs> I know. I'm sure. I get, I'm sure you were. This is before <laughs> I, I knew you, but yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Robert Pattinson's been quietly. I think he's. I don't like him as a person. Uh, like I find him very off-putting. I've watched a bunch of interviews with him. He's a little off-putting. But as an actor, he has over the past, I would say, close to a decade at this point, really kind of just become very an interesting actor. Takes interesting roles. Is always kind of trying new things, doing weird stuff. And what was it, The Lighthouse? Yeah, that was a more recent one. That was really good. Uh, I did hear. I don't. I. I think that's one of the only things I've really actually seen him in. Uh, I heard a a personal anecdote that made me laugh about him, but I haven't really watched any interviews with him either. I just Twilight kind of. I saw like one Twilight, and I was like, "This is garbage." (laughs) That's so awful. Like, how could you do that to this young man? So they're trying, like anybody in his <laughs> shoes would be like, "Do you want to be in this blockbuster franchise?" He'd say, "Yes, I do." Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, to be fair, I probably would have done the same thing. So exactly, anybody would have. <laughs> and you yeah. over here, you judge the man based he's got on a dumb that. face. Oh, whatever. <laughs> he's got a stupid looking <laughs> mouth. Yeah. 
Oh uh, yeah, but I don't know. I've he's been doing stuff like with David Cronenberg for a while. I mean, Cosmopolis when they he did the adaptation, the film version of the book Cosmopolis. I have, I have the book, but I've never. It's actually it. my copy of the book. So whatever. Nice try. <laughs> Who cares? Nice try, witch. <laughs> no. Okay. Uh, but no, I just I've I've just liked them. He's been in some science fiction movies. High Life. I would I'd recommend to people. It's a weird sci-fi movie. Um. So I was kind of down with him to be Batman. That's I've been looking forward to seeing what it looked like, like what what he had done as a, as an actor, like what choices yeah. did he make. And I don't know if this trailer really informs like him as an act, his performance. I don't know if you really learn much. It's more of just like a tone piece. Like this is the tone of the movie, and it looks like a Batman Year One style, even though I I heard a little bit of news uh, there because they gave they talked about it before. They play the trailer. This is like yeah. Batman's second year of activity. Um, and apparently this is like a... I guess it's going to be its own thing. I don't think it's going to be connected to the rest of the DCEU. Unless it is connected with like a, the multiverse stuff that they also announced today. It doesn't need to be. Yeah, I think they're... If they, <laughs> they, kinda were, they were like, yeah, we'll just do like an Elseworld thing when we get like cool pitches so we'll do like a like joker or the batman like things that are self-contained but they don't want to do it all the time they don't want one to come out every year kind of and i kind of think that's more interesting because we are so inundated with superheroes yeah they have to do something they have to do something to change it up right so yeah so these like kind of different character studies even you know however you feel about joker or whatever it it was interesting that it was just like a one-off character study kind of you know or at least that's my opinion yeah in in a way it was a little more refreshing for that i'll give it that you know what i mean but um yeah yeah i i'm interested to see him more as a detective too I guess that's kind of what it seems like to me it's gonna be more of like a the detective side of batman which i'm glad to see because yeah, him and commissioner Gordon of, seem like they're working together on like the this riddler paul dano plays the riddler which his voiceover was like i was like ah and yeah. actually even uh colin farrell's uh the penguin makes a very momentary uh appearance you know it's crazy i had to when i watched it because i watched it a couple times it took me that like second time i was like oh shit that's who that is you know yeah well I mean? he's like kind of unrecognizable <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. the, and it's a very subtle makeup. It just looks like a, a, a larger man, like a heavier set, like yeah, dude with like kind a, of a pointy a, nose. It's very it's, and it doesn't look at all like comical or silly. It just literally looks like a. You could see that and think that's just a regular person, like a regular actor. Somebody yeah. made a joke. They're like, "Oh, if you want to make your penguin look like a fifty-three-year-old." off-Broadway actor from New York who gets his break in the Coen, in a Coen Brothers movie late in life. Like, that's the vibe he puts off. Uh, but I, I really like the trailer. I thought, I mean, it's like seven. <laughs> it's, yeah, it is, yeah. And it feels, <laughs> but it does feel like uh, the 80s era Batman. Like, Frank Miller's Batman Year One mm-hmm. kind of tone. Yeah, I was, I was very, I like that it's gritty. I like, I like it. Like yeah, it. people that complain about grim, dark Batman, go fuck yourselves. Like, you're so <laughs> lame. You're so fucking just contrarian. And as a contrarian, I think you're lame. I think I you're, I think you're losers. <laughs> <laughs> I just saw people like, oh, this is just the degradation of society, the nihilism. You're like, 
Go, they go back and read your stupid Marvel comic books, you fucking fucks. I've really like those. The MCU has turned me hard against Marvel. Yeah. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> um, yeah, I love the trailer. I thought it was. It, and you told me it's supposed tone. to be rated R. It's good. they're shooting for well, rated R. I don't. That's not an official statement. I think though the fact that they have decided it seems like this is not going to be connected to the DCEU. Like it's right. going to be uh, Elseworlds tale. I think they're going to feel the freedom to do that. And yeah. a rated R Batman movie would probably make just as much, if not more, than the Joker. I mean, the Joker broke a billion dollars. That was a right. rated R rated R movie. Um, I right. think if if they would just went for it with Batman, I think it would make a probably make a billion dollars. I'd go see it six times, and then I'd torrent it and watch it seven more. Oh, no, you wouldn't torrent it. You no, wouldn't be taking not. away from the struggling cinema enterprises That's right true. now. Right now, we got to help them out, guys. Yeah. Go, see, go see Unhinged this weekend. Only in theaters. You liked it, so. I liked it for what it was. But if anybody wants to know my opinion, go watch my video. Go watch my videos. You see my videos? Um. Yeah, I, I I love the trailer. I was I was I, it exceeded my expectations. I didn't know what to expect from it, like because I'd seen some behind the sets photos and stuff. They don't tell Isn't you. Is there like, a Nirvana like. song in it? So that's like Dude, double. Yeah. yeah, I know something in the way. I was like, because it takes place in the nineties. I was like, it makes sense. I I'll love give it. it a I'll give it a pass. I hope the whole <laughs> movie is scored to Nirvana remixes. Maybe get some orchestrated ones. Smells like Teen Spirit, the first fight. Orchestrated. Uh, then I might have to pass. I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, Sarah's got this weird thing where she's also a contrarian, like you Batman haters and uh, you Matt Reeves haters. And she's like, I oh, just don't oh, like Nirvana. Nirvana's like, fine. I just heard it so much. She heard four songs so much and it ruined it forever. That's not also, it's not why I dislike Nirvana so much. I just wanted to okay. see if you'd take the date, but. Yeah, no. <laughs> but yeah, um, I'm excited. I'm excited for it. I'm curious to see how they're going to interplay all the villains because I got really excited that Riddler was in it because then there's a, and then they started slowly announcing more and more because it could be one of those like build on stories where it's like going to throw in all these loops with the different villains and stuff so well, I, I hope i hope they don't overdo it too much in that capacity it seems like it's going to be the riddler and then uh the penguin is going to be like he is in a lot of the comic books from the days of yore is that he is like a mob boss he's just cobblepot at this point you know well, he, he's also a mob boss he runs yeah. the un, he runs gotham underground like he is like a step he's like one of the competing factions yeah ooh, <laughs> video style um <laughs> No, he's but he's one of the just competing factions in Gotham City for the supremacy of the underworld. Like that's right. Just, no, no, yeah. Is. So it seems like they're going to go with that, and then Catwoman, obviously. Well, see, my my mind always jumps to things like you know, like in Hush, where it's like that layered reveal of just like, well, you think it's this, but no, it's this. You know, so that might be kind of fun. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. I mean, I'm sure there'll be some twists and turns along the way. I'm glad that it's the Riddler, though. I think this he isn't underutilized in the cinematic world. Uh, the Riddler is very underutilized. Well, I mean, Jim Carrey went so big with it, they had arrested for like yeah, ever. Like 24 years. <laughs> you see what I did there? Yes. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I mean, Nicholson, people thought they were intimidated to follow up Nicholson. Nah. <laughs> Not it's Carrey. Carrey. Jim, 
James well, actually, Rutherford Carey. Probably, probably it's actually Arnold. I mean, no one's going to touch Mr. Freeze. Mr. Freeze will never be in a movie again because they're too afraid. They're too afraid. Maybe after he dies. Maybe they'll feel safe. <laughs> like all right it's time it's time to bring him out <laughs> or or you know what we just bring him back <laughs> no but he has to do the same tone of the same costume Freeze, but they put it into the world of this new batman which is dark and somber but then he just comes in like stay cool and like does the finger guns and like oh, yeah. yeah oh yeah i'm in on i'm in for that sing sing <laughs> he's making all of his henchmen sing uh was it Mr. Christmas or something? Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, do you have any final thoughts on the Batman trailer before we move on to the next thing? Uh, no, I'm just excited. It looks I, rad. Yeah. looks cool. Yeah. It, uh, it definitely it just makes me excited for it. I didn't know what to think about it. I'm a little superheroed out, but I'll definitely be there for this, for sure. Yeah. And uh, and I just want to briefly talk about it, just because we're... We're, uh, we're Zack Snydering it up tonight. You know, we decided, I was like, in celebration of, of the resurrection of Zack Snyder coming back, taking his, his artistic endeavor and taking back hold of it, releasing a wild four-hour version in about a year, or, or probably a little less than a year. I think it's going to come out in the spring sometime, mm-hmm. of the Justice League. And they released the first teaser, which was basically... All new footage for the most part. Um, there wasn't really anything that I saw, and I've seen that movie quite a few times for some reason. I've seen the. the Don't the, say for some reason. You are a glutton for it. <laughs> yeah, I like to punish myself. Um, <laughs> I just like the actors. Like I like just seeing like Ben Affleck as Batman. So like I I, I will yeah, watch it. He's actually a good old man Batman. I don't care what people say. I thought he's a great Batman. I'm not a big, what's his name, Ezra Miller person, but he was fine as the Flash. I really liked the guy who played Cyborg. I think he did great. Yeah, Ray Fisher. Even though I'm really enjoying the guy in Doom Patrol. I don't know. Are you really? I am. Is that a joke? No. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) No, I honestly, I I don't know. I I think it's, I, I don't know, but I think. I, think, I even like Jason Momoa as Aquaman. Oh, I like. I think it's cast very well. I mean, it's yeah. And, I mean, spot on. I really like how they went with Aquaman. And it, just on a side note, because I I do think the the Islander kind of aspect of it makes a lot of sense. <laughs> you know, like I was like, oh, yeah, you know, yeah. it does. Um, how do you feel about the Zack Snyder's DC movies in general? Do you like them? Do I like them? They're fine. <laughs> Are you a hater? I tried to. Well, I originally had said, "Oh, we should watch Man of Steel." I'm not, celebration, I and Sarah like was like, "No." I don't really like Superman that much. Is that like a crime? <laughs> like, I just, I can't. He's boring. You're sick, buddy. And, I, you know, I, and then I, I was gonna say, "Oh, maybe we should watch BVS." But then I was like, no, that's three hours long. And then we ended up watching the director. Watching almost a three-hour-long movie. <laughs> I mean, because the only other Zack Snyder movie I think I own is maybe like Dawn of the Dead. No, I own Sucker Punch. That's right, because I said we were watching. Yeah, we were like, I was oh, like, oh, we, we should we should watch Sucker Punch. Which we'll probably end up doing. Maybe yeah. at some point. But how, do you, I, no, do you do, like Zack do, Snyder? If, he's fine. I, I think he's distracting sometimes from what I've seen. Uh, I, I guess Man of Steel was the least distracting because it's not as flashy, I suppose, as 
I've seen him be. If that makes any sense. I think Man of Steel is the most like straightforward, grounded of the like, ones whoa, that came like out. Superman. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, of the DCEU movies because they changed tact because of the reaction to that movie. That's the yeah. problem with the DCEU back then, or at least at that time, was that every movie that came out, they just were reflexive to whatever critics said and whatever audiences said. So they never like just went for what they had intended. So they were constantly course correcting. That's it, why BVS. Definitely support them. <laughs> I do. I do. I mean, I, I am. Uh, if I am going to be into any superhero stuff, it is just the DC stuff. So I like, you know, I understand where, where some Marvel people are coming from when they watch those movies that are not very good. Um, but you just get it. You're just stoked to see like uh, a character that you like or something be represented on screen, and it's cool. Like I wish the movies were more, were better, or mm-hmm. more cohesive, coherent. Um, but I do, I really like Ben Affleck as Batman, so it actually makes, and I really like Henry Cavill as Superman. Yeah, I think they're they're cast so well, and I think they hit a groove with that kind of stuff. I like Gal Gadot, uh, is it Gal Gadot, right? I believe, I actually, I think it is Gadot, yeah. Um. Gadot, mate. I don't, I don't want to misspeak. Um. Gadot, matey. I I think she's a great, I love the Wonder Woman movie a ton. (laughs) Yeah, I, see, for me, that one is actually lessened in esteem every time I see it. Well, I've, I've only seen it a handful, so maybe if I watch it more than that. But I, I just really enjoyed it. I thought she was a great Wonder Woman. I thought it was fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think the one I've enjoyed out of the DC movies, though, the one I've enjoyed, I enjoyed least was Aquaman. <laughs> you know what's weird about Aquaman? I think you should give Aquaman another chance. Because I think Aquaman is really dumb and it leans into it so hard that it just becomes entertaining at some point. Oh, like I that's what that. I that's what I enjoy about Aquaman. I would never like say like oh people should ever run out and watch Aquaman, but Aquaman is so fucking stupid. Yeah, it, I get it distracted just by like, I get distracted by the visual effects. Yeah, like, yeah, it's, yeah, it's like, very it's effective. Just like, it's like, whoa, it's like kind of just like messy. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, I wouldn't disagree with that. Um, I mean, like, what happens with the movie when it takes place underwater? Yeah, and it's also like de-aged Nicole Kidman. You're like, oh, <laughs> that was one of the better de-agings, honestly. Well, I mean, she's had enough work to where they didn't have to do a ton to her, but it's still distracting. <laughs> you know, like I'm just like, oh, oh poor Nicole. <laughs> Nicole, what did society do to Nicole Kidman that made her feel she needed to do that? It's fucking Scientologists. I'm glad she's with that other guy. Oh, what's his that country guy? Keith something. I yeah, I don't. Yeah, that sounds about right. Country man. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, anyway, so let's get back to the real the the real shit here. Okay, listen, (laughs) I am very happy that Zack Snyder is getting his movie especially even just beyond like i want to see what he intended the movie to be like i think that's what i'm most curious about i mean beyond i kind of i have a feeling i know like i've seen the other two movies i get where i understand like where he's going and and the story that he built was working towards he's going to try to finish that or at least finish what he can because they're not doing like the rest of his plan or the their collective plan um but his the reason why like 
I mean, the studio kind of was kind of greasy, kind of gross uh, when his daughter committed suicide. Yeah. Uh, so he had to leave. He had to leave the production. Basically, he tried uh, to keep working, and he just couldn't do it. And then they, which, yeah. they kind of, they kind of had. They were trying to get him out before that, though. And then they use it as an opportunity, which is pretty shitty. And then who did they call? Who did they call? Just oh my god, terrible. Well, they called Joss Whedon because he did the Avengers, and they're like, "This is a group movie. We need somebody who can do that." Hit, I, and he had been trying to get into DC for a while. Joss Whedon originally, years and years ago, was going to do a Wonder Woman movie that he right. wrote. Uh, I think even there was even rumors that maybe Sarah Michelle Gellar had been approached about it. Um, but in the more current times, when he was doing the Justice League stuff, they announced that he was going to do a Batgirl movie. That's um, been canceled. Yeah. That's been canned. But I mean, it'll probably come back in some form or another. But it's not gonna be his back row, but I remember the first time we watched it at home, so we weren't like talking in a theater or whatever. And I just remember us like when you could tell when his dumb jokes were in the script, and it was just like eye roll after eye roll. It's just like yeah, to me the he, whole, it, ugh, it's like he, he, yeah, he's very he's, very, <laughs> he's a very quippy writer. He writes in quips, but not in, in a good way where you get like you know get your couple good clips in and then just keep moving. It's just yeah. like some scenes you're just like, okay, stop, <laughs> just enough. <laughs> but I, I like you know, and I have my criticisms for all, most of Zack Snyder's movies. There's things I like about him, things I don't like about him, and right. I don't think I've ever said this on Zoobox goes to the movies. I used to say it all the time back when these movies were coming out. Sarah and I used to do. Every once in a great while, we do a, like a, a little podcast. They are on YouTube somewhere. We are the OG. <laughs> yeah. But I would say, like, I would rather watch somebody swing for the messes or fences and miss a little bit. Yeah. And, and it'd be kind of a mess mm-hmm. rather than watch something that's just like pandering and mediocre. Yeah, 100%. Or you can tell that they compromised a ton for the studio, which happens a lot, especially in these superhero movies. Well, the Marvel thing is really egregious. It's like they. I will give it that. Well, well, they're (laughs) pandering to the Chinese film market. They actually censor themselves. It's very weird. I was reading an article where, this is a side tangent, where they were trying to make the kid that was in Iron Man 3 a Chinese kid. Um, to be reflective of the life of Xi Jinping, who is now the president of China, so that the censors won't bother them. They have to appeal to the Chinese censor board because the China they have a quota of how many movies they'll allow from other countries into their movie into their movie theaters. And uh, these big studios want their big movies over there because uh, they make a lot of money. They make a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. So. That stuff's gross, but anyways, um, yeah. So I'm I'm glad that it's coming out. It looks cool. I'm I would not say I'm a super fan of the the Snyderverse, but I do actually I like what he's going for. I like that he tries to go big with it. Like he really yeah. wants to like kind of impart the sense of the the mythic back into these superheroes, and they're and it's a lot of uh. A lot of things to think about. I think he's a little clunky. He's kind of comes at it almost like a meathead a little bit. <laughs> you're like, oh, that's cute, man. Like uh, you're yeah. trying to have this conversation, but maybe you're just not 
like you're not he's not a nuanced enough filmmaker for it not to feel clunky just feels clunky sometimes but i do respect i respect it though i I enjoy them on some level for sure yeah i'm i'm very curious to see how different his story for the justice league is or you know or at least just yeah i I probably should rewatch his movies to get more of a sense of where he was trying to go I really think Man of Steel, I think we so we saw it in the theater. I think I watched it like one more time after that. I was just like, no more. So maybe I should revisit it. Just well, see, to- that's, I have a completely different memory of the last time you watched it. Because we both walked away being like, oh, that was way better than we remember it being. Because oh, did I? <laughs> we both, we both kind of had a negative perspective on it. I, and even when I saw it, when it came out, I wrote a review that was uh, definitely harsh. <laughs> <laughs> and I still have the same problem. I, I mean, there's a problem in that movie that nothing can fix, and there's no amount of times I'll watch it that I'll, I'll like that. I think they, uh, I think, in his desire to be cynical and grounded about superheroes, because everything mm-hmm. is the Watchmen, which we'll talk about for Zack Snyder. Like he yeah. sees them all through that prism. Uh, yeah. He, he destroyed the the integrity of the Kents. The Kents were like awful human. Yeah, beings. you were very upset about that. Well, because that's the whole, that's the defining thing about Superman. Not only does he have all these great, extraordinary powers, he was just raised better than most people. He's a middle America person, salt of the earth, like good values, good morals. Yeah. And his, and his <laughs> fucking dad is a monster in this fucking movie. And then in, the, in BVS, his mom literally tells him, listen, you don't need to be a hero. Fuck off. Like, these, fuck these people. Like, yeah, I remember that. That was kind of weird. Like, what are you doing? You're Superman's mom. Stop it, Martha. That's crazy. But that that is <laughs> that is the one thing in uh in, in Man of Steel that I like cannot fucking stand. And I, I will say that it, it took watching the director's cut of Batman versus Superman for me to really like that movie. So it took adding a little more of his choices because there were some holes and gaps that need to be filled in, and I felt a little more satisfied after after watching the director's cut. I don't know if you felt the same way. Yeah, one hundred. It's a better movie, even though it's I longer. I tell people actually... that all the time when we talk about. It. I'm like, you have to watch the director's cut of it because there are some weird little loopholes that get tied up that make it. You're like, ah, oh, it's not so crazy or so bad, you know? No, still not the best. It's still not the best. There's, there's subplots that are just completely excised from the theatrical cut that stop things from like making sense. Yeah. So yeah, the ultimate edition. Because it's not even called the director's cut. So I don't oh, know why well. it's called. I don't know why. It's just like the ultimate edition. You're like, why not just call the director's cut? Because <laughs> uh, I think he was trying to play nice with the studio, and he's like, I won't call it a director's cut because I don't want to say the movie I put in theaters is not my preferred no, cut. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I don't know. Anyways, uh, yeah, it looks cool. Cool enough for me. Enticing enough. It doesn't show very much. It's all I'll kind of random stuff. But I'm yeah, say it's enticing. I'll give it a watch. <laughs> and, uh, the Wonder Woman '84 movie kind of looks the same. Uh, it looks alright. I really, like I said, I like the first Wonder Woman. I also, you're gonna probably get annoyed with me. I'm very still reserved about Kristen. Uh, yeah, Kristen Wig. I just want to call her Kirsten Wig. I think she I, is. I'm just nervous. <laughs> she's like a. I understand why you cast Kirsten Wig in that part. And I also think, like, why couldn't we just have given this to somebody that's not, like, a overtly comedic actress? Because when she's yeah. going to play the beleaguered nerd, she's going to be, like, Ooh, like pushing up yeah. her glasses. And you're like, come on. like, And you I know she's going to do that shtick. 
half the time when I see her just in a picture or like whatever, I can't help but not see her MacGruber character. You know what I mean? So I have like all these weird attachments to her. So I'm just kind of like, oh, and then like Ghostbusters really. I don't think she's like an awful dramatic actress or anything. It just seems like a mismatch. Like I don't, why does Cheetah have to be, Kirsten Wig is not some sort of, I don't see comic book villainess. I mean, no. maybe if she had been like Dr. Poison or something from the first movie, like I could have seen that. Maybe, well, maybe not. No. I actually like, I like the Dr. German accent. That would have just been too much. I like the Dr. <laughs> Poison in the first movie. I wish actually what? Dr. Poison was like the main villain. She's not. She's like a lackey. Um, yeah. Because women can't. I'm kidding. <laughs> they're not it's not allowed. It's not done. Not in America. Not now. Okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Anyways, well, that's okay. Yeah, we'll wa- probably watch it anyway, though. <laughs> of course, yeah. Of course, I'll watch it. I'll watch it. I watch all of those movies, especially because I mean, our son's getting to that age where he it, he'll actually kind of pay attention to stuff sometimes. So he's weird, though. He like you know he he. It's hard to he's get him to watch because like, I I tried to get him to watch Justice League because Justice League the theatrical cut is very like bright and the, there's a lot of they spent a lot of time <laughs> in costume. Right. Stuff like that, and he was just not interested in it. But he really See, he, he went funny. through. He's in the pudding, man. <laughs> he went through a period last year where I got uh, Batman '89 on 4K, and he wanted to watch it like all the time. Every yes, yes. So we watched Batman '89 probably like ten times last summer. Yeah, I remember we would just be like for nap time. He would just ask to put that on. It's like, can mm-hmm. we watch Batman? So you try to, and he'd be like, no, no, no. And very specifically, it was that Batman. Yeah, I'm with that though. That shows. See again, yeah. proof is in the pudding from the mouths of babes. <laughs> I like Batman '89 just as much as the next guy, probably more. It's a yeah. childhood movie of mine, but I had enough last summer. <laughs> um, but anyways, now we're going to talk about the topic of the day: Zack yes. Snyder's 2009 film Watchmen. It's written by David Hayter uh, and Alex. Uh, I don't know how to say this. T-S-E. Alex T. Say? Alex Say. Um, David Hayter, if you guys don't know, is the the original voice of uh, Solid Snake from the Metal Gear Solid series. He's also a screenwriter, director. Um, stars Jackie Earl Haley, Patrick Wilson, Carla Gugino, Maureen Ackerman, Billy Crudup, Matthew Good, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, Patrick Wilson, Matt Frewer, and others. The plot synopsis is, in 1985, where former superheroes exist, the murder of a colleague sends active vigilante Rorschach into his own sprawling investigation, uncovering something that could completely change the course of history as we know it. And this is obviously adapted from Alan Moore's seminal uh, work from the 80s, the thing that made him never work with like a publisher ever again like a four yeah. <laughs> we started writing at 85 it was released in 87 and it was conceived originally as uh he was going to use dc heroes and they were kind of like oh. well no because <laughs> he had done the killing did he had he done the killing joke before this before he did watchman isn't that how he gets to do Watchmen? Is because he does the killing joke. Yeah, but then I'm sorry, I'm like looking at notes because I have written something down. Sorry. Um, I think Killing Joke was before this, but it was they. Killing um, Joke, no, Killing Joke is after. After, but he based. Um, so it's actually, yeah, I, I couldn't remember the name of the. It's the the Charlton comics that he actually ends up using 
all the bases for all the Watchmen. Yeah. From and they're all like they all are kind of they're like Kmart versions of DC people. So they like they have their own like detective rich wealthy guy. It's not Batman, but it is Batman. Yeah, and know? he and he does. That's some who person- he ends up really basing them all off of. Yeah, and he does some personality swapping. Like Night Owl looks like Batman, but Rorschach acts like Batman. Like in yes. Alan, you know, like they so they do that kind of some of those things, those dichotomies, those dualities. They like he represents them in partners, kind of split a character into two. Um, he is if he's kind of a famous recluse. He's uh he says he that he is a, a wizard. wizard. Yeah, he's he a wizard. He's a wizard. <laughs> Um, he's never liked anything that's ever been adapted of his material. I believe the, didn't he, did he see V for Vendetta and then disown? And he was like, so disgusted that I don't I remember. Really, I didn't really ever really invest that much into V for Vendetta. I, I like it just fine. No, I'm saying his reaction to it. The reason what like, I don't know. officially turned him off to Hollywood was they adapted something of his and he was like mortified. Yeah, because I, he, I him as the writer can't have any creative control in that circumstance. So, I mean, he's a wizard. He could totally like. Well, I guess <laughs> he's, good. he's probably over there putting fucking hexes on people that work on his. Work oh, on I'm, his work. Because yeah. I know he was definitely probably. I, I I read a couple things he you know said about Watchmen, but he was like very upset. I doubt, I doubt he ever watched it. He didn't watch it. No. I doubt. So, I can't um, imagine he ever watched it. I I know. I guarantee you, he never read those those prequel books. And then, and I then they honest? they did like a Infinite Crisis on Infinite Worlds thing, where Watchmen is now canon DC. Yep. Like with the superheroes now, mm-hmm. which I thought was a little weird. I didn't even read the. I mean, I really love Watchmen. <laughs> really love Watchmen, but I never read the prequel ones either. No, I I um I was very, going very when they announced that it was like why just yeah stop. cool because that's really the thing is like why you're just merchandising this is just there is no creative reason on I mean maybe you that know what kind of like man when they announced the TV show it was like why well <laughs> I've, I've never read them so I can't say like oh they're creatively bankrupt oh, I'm cool. sure the people I'm sure the people that worked on them worked very hard and were really had good intentions. But for yeah. DC to commission them is the cynical part. Like that's where the cynicism comes in. Uh, the TV show we did watch the TV show. Uh, it was interesting that it was going to be a sequel. Well, can I tell you something? I did appreciate a little bit more about. I mean, I still had some weird questions as being kind of like as much as I like Watchmen as I do. You know, I had some weird questions that kind of trying to be kind of exact to the the story sort of like sit in my head just little weird hiccups but i did appreciate a couple more little nuances i guess from the show after tonight and rewatching the movie because i hadn't rewatched watchmen in like a couple years mm-hmm. the movie i think we watched it maybe a couple years ago we might have yeah probably it's a good chance <laughs> well no i'm just saying like maybe like two or three years ago i don't think we've watched it it's been a while it's been a while. i actually know i watched it like a year and a half ago or a year ago I don't know if i watched that it, that recently i mean i know i watched it pretty intensely when i was trying to write those i was trying to write a collection of essays on watchmen i know i watched that i watched it a few times while i was doing that 
But yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's been a couple years for me. But now that after the rewatch, I kind of there was a couple things in the show that I appreciated a little bit more. I guess. Sure. Parts of it I really don't like though. <laughs> I there there are tons of that show. It's a lot of people like freaked out and loved it. I just I'm eh, it's fine. <laughs> I, I think it like thematically makes sense where they why they go in the direction they go with the show. I think it. It gets in its own way a lot, though, because there's stuff I really liked about it. There's some of the casting I really liked. Oh, Jeremy um, Irons is perfect as Osmandius. I'm just not into like woke scolding. Like, just it feels like a lecture at times. And it's not oh. that I have a problem like discussing that subject matter, like racism in America or whatever. Like, I don't like that's not a problem. It's when you feel like you're being lectured at, and they're like. And it feels like it's, this is what I felt like before we go back to the movie. I felt like it is a movie written by a middle-aged white person that's trying to impress his other middle-aged white friends about how not racist he is. The movie like, or the show? No, the show. Oh, you said movie. So I was like, wait a minute. No, I said before we get back to the movie. Okay. So Sorry. that's what, okay. That's what it felt like to me. Like the writing in the show. Like the scene to scene writing, the dialogue. It just felt like uh, bad. And it felt like somebody almost like a middle aged white person being defensive. Yeah. <laughs> and then wanting to kind of pander to other middle aged white people that write about television about how not racist they are. Like it was just, it had this weird vibe, this weirdness to it. Cause it's not even like the Damon Lindelof is. Uh, He's a fucking nerd. He's a white, pasty nerd guy. He's the guy who yeah. was co-writer of Lost, which I still haven't seen Lost. No, but I, I don't. I really don't like when things have to be like very blatant, like beat you over the head. I, I'm more of an appreciator of like subtlety, and I feel like a lot of that show was not. I mean, th there's a time to be, I think, over like you know, obvious or in your face or whatever. But when the whole thing is like that, it stops being interesting, and you're just like, I get it. Like I got it from the end of the first episode. Like, okay, I know exactly what you're yeah. trying to say because you're being so forceful with it. There's not even a sense of discovery for the rest of the show about the characters and stuff because by the time you're done with like the first two episodes, like you kind of know what to assume yeah. is going to happen because of the tone of the series. But, anyways. No. No, and I just said that kind of takes away what I feel, you know, they were able to do with the graphic novel and even to a point the movie, but there is so much like kind of compacted into the story and into the universe that's going on socially, politically, everything, but it doesn't beat you over the head with any of it, in my opinion, in the, I mean, I don't know if you feel the same way. I mean, there the politics are a little more out there than some of the other nuances, but I still didn't feel like it was so obvious. Or well, like, you know, I think it's hard for us, being our age, to really know if that was the case. Because if we had read this in nineteen eighty six and eighty seven when it was coming out, would we have felt like it was on the nose? Like because it is directly kind of dealing with Reagan politics and Nixon and. Mm -hmm. and uh the cold war coming off of the cold war like it's directly dealing with those concepts those ideas so it was much more immediate in the same way that uh when frank miller does uh, the dark knight returns it's all about the commodification of the news and yeah. uh it's about reagan specifically Le reagan's literally in that book 
Yes. So I maybe it would have felt like annoying. I don't know. So maybe in twenty years, when somebody comes to back to the show, Watchmen, maybe they'll be able to not feel so. I don't know. Although I don't think it's as well written. It's weird because like it is a lot of specific things, but I feel like over time, it's still a lot of the messages are still so applicable applicable to like things we have gone through even in our time. Like I think that's kind of the cool thing about a lot of like that graphic novel and the story is it is kind of like timeless in that sense where it's you don't agree i i that's how i feel. no i i think it's time i do think it's timeless i think it's timeless because of the use of superheroes i think it makes it an ab- ab- abstract enough where you can pay attention to the principle of what like they're getting at rather yeah, than like- rather than deal with the specifics of like the president's name and stuff like that you don't you can kind of look past that stuff because of it makes it feel like a science fiction version of it, an, an abstract experience that's talking about the philosophy. Of, yeah, like the deconstruction of superheroes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, as much as it is about superheroes, it's also, I think, about uh, the state of the world. And yep. what it what it requires for the world to like come together in some sort of kind of global effort, like global globalization. It's like very pro globalization. Well, and I think that's that speaks to also kind of like the you know like I was just getting ready to like I was just mentioning like the deconstruction of the superhero because it also I think the whole also point of this was that it is the the man part of like the superman or the superhero is first and foremost in this and the the super part secondary you know what i mean because you're actually seeing them in a time where you see more of the human aspect of it and you're kind of forced to because of the key nap and stuff but it that it's breaking it down in that way does that make sense it is but then i think part of the story is also is that like their alter egos are not actually separate from who they are. Like it is actually a calling. It is actually they want them to be. Yeah. It's who they, that is their, their potential. That is their highest potential is to be the superhero. And like, and then they juxtapose that with like Dr. Manhattan being kind of the, the ultimate superhero, the ultimate Ubermensch. He is so, he is the ideal. He's God. Yeah. He's, he's aspirational in nature. And in sense, in, in terms of like being able to, to do something, actually, actual, real self-actualization, he is yeah. the ideal. And uh, well, and then I think on that end too, that's where you also have like Rorschach, right? Because he is, <laughs> he has become Rorschach. He's not Walter Kovacs. He is Rorschach. You know. Well, I think. Mm, I think so, he. I, mean, wa- I think I'm talking about like separation of identity, right? I think yeah, but I think Walter Kovacs. Uh, I think he re- reclaims his reclaims himself in the moments before he dies. Yes, because I don't think I think Rorschach is something he puts up to be uh, defensive. It's a something to hide his vulnerability. Like face, yeah. I mean that's that's what it is. It, it's his it's his mask and his shield that he puts up against the world. Like because he does not want people to see him. Like who he really is. He it's all because Rorschach is all bluster. I mean, he's he's full of hot air. I mean, granted, he can beat bad guys up and stuff, but like the psychological motivations, he's not like a stable person. He like 
he's not really so even keel. He's not really that great of a detective. Like he's no, <laughs> and it's all a. Sh- <laughs> it's kind of a show. It's all like a tough guy act because he feels yeah. so vulnerable when he's just Walter Kovacs. Yeah, at least in my opinion. Yeah. Anyways. I mean, I mean, for me, I I feel like. I feel like he is kind of equal to Manhattan, though, because, I, I mean, I guess I'm going to kind of disagree with you. I just feel like he he did adapt it as, like, a face and, like, a, a, a shield to shield him from his, like, really shitty upbringing and stuff, you know, and it became his thing. And then I think when he realized the power he had, because he innately felt that it should be, like, a conviction. Like, it is my conviction to, like, that things need to be just. Like, I should be doing this because, you know... Um, because that's, it's not like my persona, I'm not my selfish, I'm not narcissist, I and mean, he's a narcissist in a certain way. But like, um, he's not solving crime or pro- providing justice for those reasons. I think because he was so slighted in his youth, and then he, you know, took on Rorschach as a persona, but then he does become Rorschach, and especially the big turning points when he, with the, the pedophile. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, kind of, uh, yeah. But then, He's like Manhattan, though, where then he just loses touch. Yeah, but he's lost himself in that moment because he stops because that is the first time he kills somebody. And, yeah. uh, and that's because he loses himself because now it's not about justice anymore. It's not about that anymore. Now he's a murderer. He has that's become true. the things that he hates. And I think the whole <laughs> point, the, the point of him taking off his mask right before he dies, before he makes the ultimate sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Or at least is posited in the story as basically being the ultimate sacrifice. He does it, it with his own face. He makes yeah. him look at Walter Kovacs and do it. Like Walter Kovacs reclaims his identity as like himself in that moment, saying, I'm I choose to do this. I choose to do this. Not Rorschach. That's why yeah, I do but- think there's a clear actual I think that's why I think the facade of Rorschach is a character he plays, and I think mm-hmm. he did when he got lost in himself. Well, well, if you go back though, to what we're talking about, the pedophile, and I think we started, I tried to start talking to you about this during the movie, and I was like, I'll save it. So it's different in the book because what he does is he actually handcuffs him to a radiator yeah. in the house, and then what he does is he st- turns the gas on, and then as he's like kind of talking and breaking him down and stuff, he gives him the option, he sets the house on fire, but he gives the guy the option, you cut your limb off and get out, or you let yourself burn to death. So he kind of still left decisions up to the guy. It wasn't that he walked up and meat cleavered him in the head. Yeah, I think you know, the movie... The I movie feel is, like there is a slight of a message difference in that. So maybe there is just a character difference. Maybe the movie is just more of what I'm expressing and the the book is a well, little more nuanced. Yeah, I'm saying you're wrong. I, I might just see <laughs> well, it Well, I, I mean, the, the, me. it's a movie. <laughs> but I, I think... And they gotta <laughs> get... They got, and they have to kind of... And it's because of Zack Snyder, he just kind of foregoes nuance. So instead of have, and granted, you got to adapt something because that scene would go on for a long time. Even in the theatrical cut of the movie, it's not even as long as the one we watched. Like, it, I don't even, I think it's actually cut out of the movie. I don't even think it's in it. Right. Uh, and I, I think, to be fair, too, Watchmen is so jam packed with nuance and side notes and this. And that you can't help but have to like really streamline things. But I will say Zack Snyder did a really, really good job of getting at least the major notes of the background history of like the Minutemen and of a lot of the characters to where you get a general notion of 
the high notes of what brought them to where they are. He did a very good job of that. Yeah, he's a great visualist, and he knows how to put like a sequence together, like a montage. Right. I mean, everybody cites the opening montage as being one of the oh most amazing so, things ever. So it's good. like you, you could just watch that in a vacuum, and it's a cool thing with the Bob Dylan song playing, and it's just a really beautifully constructed yeah. thing that tells you and so I, much. And I feel, yeah, and I was gonna say, and I feel like, and like I was saying, well, even with the characters, you still, I mean, you miss certain beats, like I was saying, because I mean, like in the in the graphic novel, they spent so much effort to like, you get the entire pretty much like file excerpts from Kovacs' file from yeah. when he was expelled from schools and in like mental institutions, and then you get like, you know, Blood on the Shoulder of Palace that was written by Dan for like a bird ornithological like collection you know well, because and it were, gives you all these insights because it takes so. advantage of the medium like it's no. it's not it's like and actually honestly it was a kind of a uh step forward for the medium because he was incorporating this literary side to a comic book that people really weren't familiar with at the time no right 100 percent. but what and i was just there's just no way to i mean and then there's no way to really there that's why people for years said you cannot adapt watchmen because if yeah. you lose if you lose that stuff, it, it takes a lot out of the like the story. Yeah, well, but what I'm saying is, I was getting to was you know, but I feel like he was able to grab a lot of those notes and get it there still in his montages and the way he kind of not only just visualized, but I think even adapted the parts of the like script and stuff that he chose to adapt from the graphic novel and everything. I feel like told the story very well. I feel like Watchmen's a very underrated film. I I like Watchmen. I like Zack Snyder's Watchmen overall. And it's a mm -hmm. good way I can kind of experience the story in three hours. Um, but like, I think he is almost too faithful. It's like slavish. And there is too much gets lost. And then some of his proclivities, some of his sensibilities actually undermine the subtext of the book. Uh, Zack Snyder is way too preoccupied with making something look cool sometimes. What do you think gets lost? What do you mean? Like, what, what got lost from the graphic novel? Well, because he's just doing panel for panel recreations without any of the context. Like, so when you cut out all that stuff, like I understand he got a little bit of the history stuff in there. Um, but what got lost? What do you mean? I'm just curious. Lost? Like, what's the specific like? What do you think is the specific beat that got missed from the story that affected it? I was just curious. Oh, I, I, I don't know. Honestly, it's been too long since I've like, uh, like really thoroughly read Watchmen to really probably give a, a specific citation. But there's yeah. just there's a hollowness and a flatness to the movie. There's a mechanical nature to that movie. It's and it's also a little plotting. It's not. It doesn't feel paced super well. Like it is. Because I, I think he's just, he's literally, because he does so much that is like just scenes from the book or from the comic book, like panel for panel recreations, and they're gorgeous. They're awesome. They look cool. Um, but I don't know if like, I just always felt like some of the substance of it was missing uh, and the nuance. And I think once you, when you lose a lot of the history that they lose, because it's about, some of it is about generational shifting stuff and how how things uh, grow from one, how like one generation affects the next. Cause that's why the book is always referring back to the past constantly. So when you're reading you something mean? that's happening in the immediate, 
then you're going to go back and read part of Ho- Under the Hood by Hollis Mason. Like, right. And then he's going to inform so you about the past. understanding the Minutemen a little more and stuff like that. And that informs what the characters are going through um, in the present. And when you mm. miss some of that stuff, you're, you're missing a lot of that subtext. I mean, and even the idea of this, uh, you know, because it's like the literalization of superheroes. Like, he's trying to explore, like, well, if superheroes, like, the government would use them. Um, it, he fetishizes violence in the movie. Like, they're kicking ass like they're fucking Batman and Batgirl at one point. And you're like, that's not really... That's not the vibe of Watchmen. And when you do yeah, that, no. I think you're undermining the point of Watchmen. A little I will bit. say, like, the super strengths and powers were kind of amped up for sure. I and mean, I but think- that, that also speaks to, like we were saying, you were, or at least you were saying, he's more of kind of like a bro dude. <laughs> Not a bro dude. And like I said, I maybe I, like, I, I actually like Zack Snyder. Like I like listening to his interviews. I I even like he did a couple fan events where he lo- he like he watched BVS and Man of Steel and did like live commentary. Yeah, I watch cool. I watch those. Like I I I don't say that in in a way to be like disparaging to him. Um but I sometimes I think he is so much so preoccupied with like capturing the visuals that sometimes I do think some of the performances can get lost. I mean, because if you look at something like what he did right before Watchmen, 300, and I know you haven't seen 300 in a long time. 300 is the perfect thing for Zack Snyder. Because 300 is a thin-as-fuck book. Yeah, I was going to say, so he, actually, got, he added a lot. Like, he had to. He had to. wife is not that much of a thing in it. <laughs> no, yeah, they, have, they added this entire subplot with this political right. intrigue at the time. And uh, but he, but other than that, it is a almost shot for shot, panel for panel recreation of Frank Miller's book, because that's what he's good at. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's what he wants to do. He loves those things. He loves that era. All he wants to do is do the po- have Ben Affleck jumping while lightning is striking behind him. Like that's what he wants to do. And everything else, be damned. Yeah, I mean, I'm to be honest though, I don't think a ton, like so much was lost in the history that really. Yeah, but th- are you, are you thinking about that as a person that is just very familiar with the book? So it, you fill I mean, in possibly. the gap. I po- I mean, possibly actually. Because like, we were talking about this in regards to some other movies. We were talking about it. I I had recently uh, reread 1984, and we were supposed to do that tonight. To the movie 1984. Sorry, I couldn't help you on that. <laughs> but when I watched the, one of the things I, I, I noticed was that, like, oh, if I hadn't just read the book, I'm not sure if this would play as well as it is. Same yeah. thing, another Philip K. Dick, Dick book, A Scanner Darkly. I really like the movie A Scanner Darkly. Sarah was, we were talking, she's like, I, I have a hard time staying awake. And it's, she's like, I think it looks cool, but. And and I enjoy it, but I can't I mean, stay awake because it's it is. Well, to be fair, to, with Scanner Darkly, I guess I should preface with this. So I'd say the first like three or four times I tried to watch it, I was not in my right state of mind. Probably, uh, which doesn't help. But then recently, you were watching it, and I think I just got distracted with Foster, and I kind of just didn't, you know, make effort to pay attention. So maybe if yeah. I tried to watch it again, but it is kind of like. Eh. Okay. You know. Well, I, what I'm saying is, I think if you have not read the book *A Scanner Darkly*, like it almost will not make any sense. It just does not do the work to make that story adapt the story. It doesn't mm-hmm. like adapt it thoroughly enough. It does not like, or it does not try to turn the narrative into a film narrative. 
And I think in a lot of ways, Watchmen actually at the same time does not do enough work to adapt it to a movie. Like there should be a, you should be able to make a two hour version of Watchmen, mm-hmm. a movie version of Watchmen that is perfectly coherent. You're going to have to, you're going to have to be vicious. Now you got to like, and then the book fans wouldn't be happy, I guess. No pleasing comic book nerds anyways, but <laughs> well, I would say for me, the only thing I guess that was majorly lacking that was in the graphic novel that might help people in the movie, I guess that hadn't read, they don't really talk about what the keen act is and does. That's really missing. The riots are there, but oh, it's well he yeah, and he there are really... little like there are like little like you know you see things floating around. And I think it's mentioned a few times, it's but it's not. Times. Yeah, but I mean, not to the extent that it is in the novel, to where it's well, so impactful and important. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think it's stated enough in the movie. That's my opinion. Oh, that's well, I mean, the only major thing. Super. I'm actually fine with like the squid missing, and they got rid of the. Um, the little insert comic and stuff. I mean, they add, they did read it later with like that motion comic. Yeah. Well, there's there's three different cuts of Watchmen. There's the theatrical cut, the director's cut, which is what we watched, and then there's the ultimate edition, which has uh, the Black Freighter comic book and more scene and the scenes with the guys at the newsstand, uh, and it makes the movie three hours and four almost forty minutes long. <laughs> Thank you for not putting that one on tonight. Yeah, yeah. I have I have that. It's just, I have it on DVD, though. It's gross. I think we watched it when we first started dating. I don't remember. Because I remember we were because I hadn't really seen it or something. We were watching it, but I'm glad we didn't watch that tonight. It's past our. Opinion. No, I, no, I think some of the things they changed I thought was good. Like you, you had mentioned the uh, at the end in the graphic novel, it's like uh, they Vite either gets to come through an interdimensional portal or just fakes it. He kidnaps a bunch of artists, and they design, and, and then through, like, genetic manipulation, that's how he gets his tiger, by the way. Yes, okay, really that's, right. About that. that's right. Uh, he, um, they actually create this monster that actually dies upon arrival, almost, but through its, like, like writhing around, does end up killing people in New York, but it doesn't survive. <laughs> no. Because it's like a no. genetic abomination. Yeah, yeah, but it kills enough people for it to serve its purpose to be like this false right. flag. Right. Um, and I think when like weaving, being making Doctor Manhattan the MacGuffin or whatever, I thought was a smart choice. Actually, and it and it actually spread it out like more across the world in a sense, so it would give the world more of a reason to unite as opposed to, you know. Yeah, and it also a little weird thing in New York. It you gives. Know? It gives weight to Manhattan's decision. Like it actually kind of makes more sense because Manhattan would be like, "No, well, it happens, so now we got to embrace it." And see ya. I don't want to be here anymore. Sparkle, sparkle. <laughs> yeah. Pulled a real I mean, Pattinson there now. <laughs> no, I, I, so I think there are some smart things. I was gonna yeah, remember, it's but. Fine. Um, I can't remember what I was, what I had. I had something in my mind and it just dissipated. So I guess it wasn't that important. Um, well, I mean, the spark, sparkle really just. <laughs> I guess. What did you think of the casting overall of the movie? What do you, who do you like? Fine. Who's your favorite? Who's your favorite? Casting wise. Who's the, yeah? Who's your person that you're like they nailed it? Oh, Rorschach. Yeah, I would agree. 
I'd say Rorschach and uh, Dan Dreiberg. I think they nailed. Well, and actually, I I think the and the comedian, yeah, Jeffrey Dean um, Morgan is really but good. But, but that's another. But that's you know what? Fine. Oh, you know? Billy actually, no. I think everybody's great. I would say my favorites, except though, for, except for <laughs> sorry, go ahead. My favorites are um, Patrick Wilson and Jackie Earl, Earl Haley. I like their chemistry. Oh. I've liked them more and more when I watch the movie. Um, mm-hmm. Jeffrey Dean Morgan is great casting, almost too good. Because yeah. you, you like the comedian too much. Uh, this and this yeah. goes to another. This is another thing what I was talking about with Zack Snyder and his weird dissonance with violence and stuff. They go to the Vietnam scene. They introduce Vietnam and the Flight of the Valkyries. They're invoking Apocalypse Now, Francis Ford Coppola's mm-hmm. movie, uh, and it's the coolest shit you've ever seen. And what's that? And there's fucking the comedian cackling with a cigar in his mouth. Blowing yeah. people away while Doctor Manhattan's blowing people away. It's okay that he's doing that, but they make it like almost a hero moment because it, it's the way it almost romanticizes it. It fetishizes it because he wants it to look cool. So that's what I that's what I'm talking yeah, about. I think it totally encapsul- encapsulates like where the comedian was in his mindset. He was fucking sadistic and gross and yeah, but it's not from his POV. But him like cackling, no. being like. Ah, no. No, That's it's okay. <laughs> no, it's okay for him to do that. I'm talking about the way it is the scene plays, like the way it is filmed. Oh, you're just like this is so cool. No, Zack Snyder, he just can't help himself. Like he's just like it's gonna be the most badass thing you've ever seen. And when it's kind of like, shouldn't this be like a little darker? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like a little darker of a moment, because that by the end of that sequence, you're like, well, you know what? You know that lady shouldn't have gotten in his face. <laughs> But he did release. Is cool as fuck. What are you talking he about? He released America. Big Blue Dong during that sequence. So thank you, thank you for that. <laughs> Not in that sequence. No, he's when they're his, well. He's oh no, that's later when they're bowing down to him. That's right. No, he has this. No, he has a thing on the entire sequence. This is before he was freed. No, when they go like this. Yes, he's got his thing on. That's so ridiculous. See, he should have been free the dong. See, we're talking about release the Snyder cut, release the Dong cut. Well, that's actually comic book accurate because he just he stops wearing clothes. Is a it's like a metaphor yes. for him losing his humanity. I'm just goofy. I know. <laughs> Sarah just wants to see blue dongs all the time. Um, <laughs> the only person that I and you know it does it didn't bother me as much this time was Molly and Ackerman as Laurie. Oh, she's oh, I can't. She's that's the one thing that bothers me in that movie. I don't that she's not she's don't explain it. She just she's very flat to me and there's no real like spark. She seems bored the whole time. Oh, I would I see I wouldn't go that far. I just think I, that's how I cats. that's my personal opinion. I don't think she was a good fit. I don't know who I would suggest to take the role though. So I, I don't, don't either. Have, like, an alternate. I will I will say Silk Spectre 1 was perfectly cast too. Uh, Carla Gugino, and she gives a um, a very specific performance. Like she's like playing it like a '40s actress would. Yeah, it she's a dame, like, you know. Yeah, yeah that's, <laughs> and that's how she plays it. She plays that's like good. a character from a 1940s movie, um, which you know. I think, I think it's great. Overall, it's pretty good. It works. Um, I mean, I will say though. Uh, Hooded Justice, it kind of comes into question why he's talking German and all crazy in the movie, but then in the show, Hooded Justice, we find out. Does he not, does he not affect, doesn't he do an accent? 
to hide in that to, show? To, to obfuscate his identity. I can't remember. Oh, I, 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 I imagine I imagine they must have done the show at least it was very like faithful. Okay. Well I, like I just so maybe I didn't I remember. could be wrong. I don't remember, but yeah. Um you bastard. <laughs> But yeah, that was and that was another thing, you know, because and this is another thing that like just Snyder's not, not really great at knowing how to deal with, and I, and it's also just the weight of the breadth of the movie and like how much they had to do is like, I mean, like the rape sequence is, it's like a fucking superhero fight. Well, they are superheroes. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of weird. That's all. I mean, it's a brutal scene, honestly, and, and especially this time I watched it. Maybe it's just I'm getting soft to my old age, but it's a uh, oh, it's no, it's, it's a brutal, yeah, it's a brutal scene. And and it's the more heartbreaking thing is uh, her reaction to it, like years later, is to be like, kind of this boys will be boys. It's complicated, which is like, how it would have been back then. A lot of women would have been back then, so it's kind of sad. A lot of people uh, are still like that, sadly. <laughs> And then I noticed in the movie, I couldn't remember if this was in the book or not. It might have been. Because they kind of like... Tell you. What? I said I might be able to tell you what. Oh, yeah. Uh, when when all the businessmen are talking to Vite, uh, when they when he's first talking about his energy solution, like he's going to like make unlimited energy, basically. So I don't think so. Because that's no, like, I'm that plays you. into I'm the Dr. Manhattan... Yeah, it's not the question I'm asking, but yeah. No, I'm saying because the Doctor Manhattan plan is not even in the graphic novel, so no, I don't I didn't think so. No, yeah, I'm saying I don't think well, so. I mean, that doesn't play into the Doctor Manhattan destruction plot. He, I mean, he's using it in the. It, he ends up using part of it to be like a thing to obscure his ability to see. He uses this machine. Yeah. But, uh, but anyways, no. But the thing, the reason I was gonna, I brought it up was not specifically because of the energy thing. It's because mm -hmm. they're like they're they're accusing, they're basically ask acting like McCarthyists. They're like accusing him of being a communist, like Red Scare stuff. Mm -hmm. Because I don't of know his, if that happened. because of his globalist intentions, basically. Mm -hmm. They're like, oh, we'll have to see who you were hanging out with like recently. Maybe I'll have to. I actually I don't remember if that happened. I don't think it does. But I might be wrong. Because it showed to me like whether or not this happened. Saying whether or not like Vite does the false flag. His thing that he's working on, if he was working on an energy thing, which he very well could have been doing at the same time, it would, yeah. would have fundamentally changed life for people, you know? No, hundred percent, yeah. And I guess there was it seems like there was a little bit of commentary about corporatism and people being like, No, the light bulb must burn out. <laughs> planned obsolescence we're gonna dog. keep digging for those fossil fuels <laughs> it's called planned ob obsolescence motherfucker read a book right read a book you know this yeah, little fun fact everybody a little fun <laughs> fact in the smithsonian the first ever light bulb is there and it is still on they actually devised a way for light bulbs to burn out don't forget that just telling just letting you know just letting the people know design is that sean thomas edison tesla uh, edison tesla. was an asshole tesla, <laughs> tesla developed the first light bulb 
He developed a lot that Edison stole from him. Oh, okay. Oh, you're one of these. You're one of these Tesla truthers. Is that? What you're <laughs> <laughs> Do you have you ever heard of? Have you ever heard of QAnon? Yes. It's just a joke. <laughs> yeah. It's a joke because I called you a truther, and I figured oh. you'd be into wild, crazy conspiracy theories like Q. I might be. You never you know. Never- I'm not going to talk about that on the movie podcast. I can't. It'll compromise my position in the community. 100%. (laughs) Why are you talking about this, lady? What have you done? What have you done? (laughs) Got to get us banned off yet another platform. Um, It's got some great, great moments. I I really enjoyed watching it because I like, I just like the vibe. I like the characters. It is cool in that kind of way when you watch like a, a comic book movie or an adaptation of something you've read just to kind of see the world realized. Yeah. I, I will say I, I like some of the music moments and sometimes I'm just like yeah, they're awkward. <laughs> they don't feel like they're appropriate for the scenes they're in. No. That's that's like it's weird, you know? I mean, but other in than- a way too actually now that I just said that out loud, I think maybe too that was his way of kind of because in the graphic novel, there's a really good way that they do those, um, like the still frames and the introductions into the chapters, but the chapter titles, the chapters all have a quote and a really interesting title. You know what I mean? That kind of feeds into the next, like, little bit of the story. So maybe that was his way of kind of, like, doing that. His, and he even does, actually, especially, like, with the, um, the comedian's funeral, he does the exact, um, shot of the statue pretty much and that's the yeah. chapter start for that well i'm just saying to me the music was kind of his way of doing that i didn't even well, i'm just saying i just after saying that out loud maybe that's what that was yeah he used them for transitions to transition yeah, from but sometimes one it thing is, to the next. it's distracting it's like when it, when uh 99 red balloons comes on that's i exactly feel like it's like it's like he's like you know what would be sweet <laughs> <laughs> Fucking put fucking oh. 99 red balloons and be like, oh, but fuck. You can't use the German version. Oh, fuck, dog. No, dog. No, 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 no. I want people to know. <laughs> they got my impression of Zack Snyder ripping a bomb. But in English. <laughs> that's, that's what he does. He rips sick fucking rips from bongs. And then he's like, I got ideas, fellas. Let's go. And then he has... Oh. Then he has like little little people at his feet with typewriters. <laughs> that went too far. <laughs> He's like, oh shit, you guys got a contact tie? They're like, no, we're fine, Zach, we're fine. Are you typing all this? Listen, what <laughs> if her, what if her name? What if what if they s- talked to each other and they were like, oh dude, our moms are Martha. Be <laughs> sick. Be fucking sick, dog. That's one of those <laughs> things that works on paper, but then when you see it in a movie, you're like, nah, it's a little goofy when I actually have to watch so it. So many good jokes from that, though, so it's, yeah. <laughs> I just you. feel bad, because I'm like, on paper, that works. I understand. I get it. They're both named Martha. It is a connection to their 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 mutual humanity. But in the movie, it just plays goofy. But Yeah. <laughs> Dr. Manhattan wouldn't fall to that, though. He'd be like, nah, peace out, dog. Fuck your Marthas. I hope they die. He knew about the Marthas in the eighties. Like he was. That's why he was like, "I gotta get out of here for that shit happens." No, when I first, <laughs> when we first met, I think we one of the one of the disagreements we had in terms of like pop culture disagreements is like you like are a 
Dr. Manhattan stan. I like Dr. Manhattan. And I find this very sick and disturbing. She had a Dr. <laughs> Manhattan poster in her room when I met her from the movie, which I don't actually like any of the promotional materials for the movie. Like, those posters are god-awful. It was the best quote, and I was like, that's cool. And what I like was Dr. the quote? Manhattan. What was the quote? Do you remember it? it? It's the humanity quote where he's talking about how he's just going to leave humanity. <laughs> he's oh, he's like, I don't feel like, yeah, I don't feel connected to these, uh, this anymore or something. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but obviously over time, I mean, no, but also when you met me, I have a, a night owl related tattoo. So, I mean. <laughs> yeah, show, the people at, show the people at home. Show it center frame. See, look at that. Yeah. That's uh, I mean, he- it's a dual me. It's the it's the still frame from Blood on the Shoulder of Palace, the side story he writes. Yeah, it's the picture from his book. Yeah, and it's, it's, uh, it's just an article he wrote for an ornithological uh, journal collection. It's not his book. Thank you. Good thing she knew that because imagine if she showed the tat and then she was like, I don't know, how embarrassing that would have been. Well, it's got like a dual meaning too because it's Athena and Glaucon. Uh, <laughs> who cares? I'm just joking. No, I know. <laughs> I mean, so, I mean, I did. I it's not, but I do really like Doctor Manhattan. I don't know how. I mean, you're like a Rorschach guy, though, so I'm a little nervous. No, I'm a Dan Dryberg guy. I'm joking. <laughs> I'm all about Dan Dryberg. He's the hero just, of the story for me. I'll bring you your can of beans later. You know. <laughs> well, hey. uh, you know, like I think when I was a kid, Rorschach, like for most people, I think when they read it, you know, you're taken with Rorschach. He's the most provocative, aggressive yeah. character. You know, I actually did not. Rorschach was always kind of like, yeah, Greg, my uncle, like, Rorschach was always his favorite, always. I think still is to this day. I later, when I so. Is your uncle talk, a sick? Is he like a sociopath? He's like maybe, a sick yeah, I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Um, no, so Sean and I, we. You know, we were doing kind of like podcasts and one-offs, and I just got this idea. I started writing. I never finished it, of course. But I, like, got this idea to treat Watchmen as, like, a modern romantic with the capital R kind of work. Yeah, and the so literary my goal, tradition. Yeah, and, uh, and philosophical tradition and whatever. And so what I would do is I was going, my, my goal was to write an article about each character and how they played into that, and then I was going to do a culminating essay and do it all together. And then we used to do a little podcast about each article. <laughs> yeah, we did um, a podcast for each. I of, made it to two. two of them. Yeah. <laughs> Ultimate Watchmen discussions. They're probably still out there. They are, actually. I saw them tonight. So I go. just kind of refreshed myself. But I did not gain more appreciation for Rorschach until I started doing that. Cause, so I did Dan Dryberg as my first one, and then I got into Rorschach. And then I was supposed to get into Osmandius third, and I just, didn't do it because I'm lazy and I'm whatever, but uh, I'm too ambitious. But well, you no, can I always start again. I can, but once I started doing that and getting like way deep in Rorschach and seeing him in a that that light, which actually I got some comments they're like, "You don't understand Rorschach if this is how you're talking about him." And I'm like, "Nah, I think I'm pretty pretty good on him." That's when I got a new appreciation for Rorschach. So when I first like got introduced to Watchmen, he was not my initial like. Well, I actually it was mine was Doctor Manhattan. <laughs> See, she gravitates to power. 
sick dongs you know no I, I really enjoyed the like the the watch like the watchmaker story and kind of all that and like that that always grabbed me and i thought his yeah. story was pretty compelling and actually the way they tell it in the graphic novel and they do an okay job in the movie but i just think the way he's presented there i i just wait, wait, what what sequence to him. the huh? watchman the 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 dr manhattan origin sequence in the movie no, that's I'm one of the point. best parts. It's one of the most incredible no, montages ever. No, I, I, I'm i just saying, I, they do a pretty okay job in the movie, too. Oh my God, pretty saying. okay. Listen to this person, Zach. She's a <laughs> psycho. You gotta okay. hunt her down. Okay, DC apologist. No, <laughs> no I, I think, honestly, in, in terms of just in a va- even in a vacuum, that sequence is incredibly effective. Like, it's incredibly no, effective. Dude, and it is almost he, panel for panel the same as the graphic And when he gets belt. locked in the thing and he's just like, ah, and then when he closes his eyes and accepted, accepts his fate, perfect. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm just saying that to me when I first read Watchmen, I was, I just gravitated towards him. He was my favorite. Yeah. But I agree with you. Dan's always been kind of like two or three for me. Yeah. Two or three. Jesus. He's the heart of the story. <laughs> He's the heart and soul. Well, see, here's my... Okay, I'm going to bring up my one weird, uh, nerdy thing with the show I had an issue with. So we're, we're after... Are we talking about the show? Yeah, the show. It's just one little thing. Okay. And it has to relate to Dan. So um, we're after the movie or the story, right? The main story, correct? Which is, you know, the mo- we're going off the movie, correct? Or just the story in general? What is the show? Yeah, the show. The show is sequel. Sequel to the comic book. Right. So why is Lori going by Lori? And why is Dan still Dan Dryberg? Mm -hmm. They assume when they, at the end of the graphic novel, they run away and they continue to be themselves in secret, but they assume new identities. They take Hollis as their last name. I said this when we watched the show. It really bothered me. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I guess uh, they might have a throwaway line about it. I don't know. I I didn't hear anything. I just well, because if they, 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 take, they take Hollis as their last name, but in the show they're like divorced or something, or or they never got married. Dan's in jail. Yeah, he's in federal FBI. Sounds like Lori probably arrested him. Um, I well, that's one of the things I really was like, kind of. It was just. I don't know, like the as a character development for Lori Jupiter, for her like to still be obsessed with Doctor Manhattan doesn't that just like undermine the journey of Lori in the fucking story. Yeah. So she's been pining for Doctor Manhattan for fifty years or however long it's been. You're like, this is just it's just to me it was just like whatever. Uh, like, <laughs> that's just Con, it was she missed. The D, no. <laughs> yeah, well, she did. She had a giant blue dildo. Sometimes there were five of him around her. Yeah. <laughs> She's just Gotta, a hoe. It's a lot She's of a hoe like her mom, okay? No, I'm kidding. Sorry, no. I agree, because the whole, the whole thing was her finally, you know, her and Dan just kind of, you know... They maybe well, something happened that they didn't no, really explain in the the show. I don't know, yeah, but yeah, that was her whole journey. Was, no, but for her to be literally obsessed with Doctor Manhattan, I mean, I guess boost or like I oh. think I think the the angle the writers have like, well, he was a god. Like, if you've been with a god, like if you fell in love with a god, 
<laughs> like, wouldn't you be obsessed with them? That's no. just like, yeah, I don't know. I feel like it would be too much. <laughs> just be like, I'm exhausted. No, like, it's in the it's, movie. You're just it's, like, it's tiring. It's, <laughs> it's modern. It's modern storytelling, postmodern bullshit where there, you're not allowed to have people that have changed or become heroes or whatever. Everything has to be a shallow deconstruction. Like Watchmen does a good job, but the characters do change and grow and come out the other side being mm-hmm. more complete. Uh, they don't bother doing anything like that in the show. And they're well, just I mean, all cynical, miserable human beings. And there is like nobody to really. You you only root for the main characters because you think you're supposed to. Because if you don't, then you're racist. Like they're not good characters. They're not written. The best written character is the fucking uh, the guy who's got the disco ball head, the fucking reflective <laughs> mask. Where's the the the? Tin he wears foil. the horse sh- Yeah. The, the oh, what's his name? I think it's like mirror mask or something stupid. Yeah. Like- yeah. He is the best written character and. Even he's I like because you're like the disco ball. <laughs> yeah. Well, I do. I like I said the 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 beginning of this. I think Jeremy Irons is really good as Adrian. Yeah, he's he's cast fantastically. That's perfect casting, and yes. it makes it actually feel like a sequel to the movie because you could totally believe that Matthew Good would grow up to be Jeremy Irons. Um, Adapted the accent and everything. <laughs> yeah. Well, Jeremy Irons is. Yeah, he's a good actor. I can't help but think of Scar, though. That's my problem. <laughs> I don't know. So that's, to me, that, that indicates you have not seen enough movies with Jeremy Irons. In. I haven't, so take me on the journey. <laughs> you gotta go see uh, Dead Ringers. David Cronenberg's Dead Ringers. where He oh, plays twin to. brothers that are uh, OBGYNs that have like weird fetish shit. It's crazy. It's a weird movie. So we get double the irons in that movie. You get double the irons, yeah. Okay. So I'll increase my movie watching of his to three. <laughs> that you counts really, as two, right? Yeah, true. <laughs> right? Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, well, you saw Jeremy Irons in the film Batman v Superman. <laughs> oh, that's right. He's Alfred. He's a pretty good I, Alfred, too. He's not bad. I, yeah, I forgot. I, is that bad that I forgot? No, not really. I mean, you have not seen those nearly as many times as I have. You have no personal investment because you're a fake fan. You're not really, you know. I'm not a fake fan. I'm going to get on the grift train. I am a fan of what I, like, stories and DC, the movies, not so much. I have no allegiance to their studios. I'm going to get on the grift train and just be, like, a fanboy and just love everything. Like, oh, my God, did you see? Did you see this hot drop? It's only a matter of time. Yeah, I'll be doing hot react videos <laughs> instead of my like parody of reaction videos, <laughs> which is right now is listening to old rap songs from the late '90s and reading way too much into them. It's a great time, everybody. Check out my video, hot reacts only. First episode, actually second episode technically, but we don't talk about the first one. Hot reacts only. LL Cool J's deeper blue or deepest bluest shark fin. And give you a moment-to-moment rundown. We pause it. We talk about the subtext of the song. We talk about the lyrics. It's a beautiful time. And when I say we, I mean me. Alone. In the middle yeah, of the night. don't say we when you're talking to me. Don't implicate <laughs> this bullshit. <laughs> um, I don't know. What else do you think? What else? What, do you got anything else? Any other thoughts? 
about the experience of revisiting Watchmen? No, I mean, it's still always a good time. <laughs> I, no, I'm serious. It's just to me, I just enjoy watching it because I just enjoy that story and that universe so much, you know. Yeah, and, and I would say as kind of like a a cliff notes, a short version, short way to kind of just experience the story. Like I, I, I can appreciate it on that level. I do. I think it's. I think it. Yeah, like that. It is the abbreviated way to enjoy that. And like I, I know you were kind of saying, you didn't maybe necessarily agree. I feel like you get enough of the broad strokes of it to get. You know, I don't think there's a ton lost. Between. Well, it's just. I, it, I mean, it took them forever to figure out how to adapt this. I mean, they this oh, yeah. has been in this has been a thing since like 1990, since a couple oh, years right, after, yeah, it came right out. after it came out. Yeah, uh, there was like, I mean, Terry Gilliam was attached to it for years. That's, that would have been the wrong move. I'm sorry, because it would just been meandering and. <laughs> how dare you? That would have been the. Want to go watch that a that Wes Anderson movie? You hack. Um, I will, thank you, because it'll be pleasant for me to fall asleep to, because it's late. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think it's it's a really hard, and I think you, he did probably the best job you could really do if you're going to do a straight adaptation of of Watchmen. Yeah, because it is. It feels. It definitely feels. He he clearly loves the comic book, and he clearly took a lot of time trying to recreate the comic book. Maybe that's not a great thing when you're making a movie. I don't know. I don't know. You know. I think it's fine. <laughs> I just I I I wonder what people like who are not familiar with any of the comic books that have seen or even have seen like the came to be like that has no awareness of Watchmen has never seen it or read it. I, what they I've think seen of it. it. I've seen a couple comment threads in some like Watchmen discussions, you know, in my time, because that's what I do. <laughs> uh, and there were people that, you know, they 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 were like, "Is it worth reading?" Because I really enjoyed this story, or I really thought this was neat. And generally, people are like, "Yeah, if you could really dig the movie, like you definitely should, you know, check out." you know, the graphic novel and stuff, and they, you know, say there's a little more side things that'll help you enjoy it a little bit more possibly, but overall, it's just people are, they enjoyed the story and what it was. So yeah. for me, it just seems like it did translate fine enough to where, you know. Okay, yeah. And that's what I've seen. I don't, I'm not like an expert, but I was just saying just in my time losing. Are you not... <laughs> An internet anthropologist, is that what they call it? Like, are you digging down there? You're a forensic, internet forensic detective? Digital forensics? Yeah. Oh, let me see this tweet thread. Oh, what does he say? Watchmen is for nerds. Um, no, I mean, I like... I I don't know. I, I'm curious what, what that experience would be like for somebody who's just not familiar with it. I don't know. I'll never have that experience. Oh, you can okay. There's this thing called Google. No, I don't. I don't want to read some bullshit, some liar. There's nothing. Nothing is true on the internet, Sarah. Everything's fake, including yeah. this podcast. It's not even really yeah. happening. Speaking of not really happening, side see Inception. <laughs> oh yeah, I guess um, you will be see, seeing Sarah again probably within the next few weeks. We are slated to go to the theater. We're going to go see Inception for its 10th anniversary. 
uh, IMAX, fucking like six bucks a ticket. Or it was like, what? Crazy. I well, know. I, I'm excited because so we did Scott Pilgrim, and now we're doing another 10th anniversary. I mean, Watchmen's 11th anniversary, so we kind of missed the mark. But yeah, yeah. I had to pinch hit for for Paul. Huh. You owe me, big guy. Paul. What a sick guy. I can't believe you would send us on a letter like that. Good thing I intercepted it. Good guy, Sean. Right? Save the good, day. Good save, Sean. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, um, I'm excited to go see. I have not watched Inception in a couple of years, probably, and I've been like kind of wanting to watch it again. I've been re-watching other Nolan movies. I watched Interstellar and Insomnia. Um, might throw... What else do I have of his? Might watch The Dark Knight or something. I don't know. Can we watch The Dark Knight Rises? Because we haven't watched that enough while we've been together, which is a lie. We've watched it t- that a ton of times. Yeah, it's a fun movie to watch. Like, it's my obviously the least, my least favorite of the Nolan Batman movies. You but... fool! <laughs> you fool! <laughs> Who's a fool? You, you... want to watch it too? You're a liar. She's so full of it, guys. She's like. Wait, what do you mean? I'm... No, I said you're a fool for it being your least favorite. Oh, my least favorite. Okay. I thought you were. I thought you were calling me a fool for watching it so many times. No, that's it's a very watchable favorite. movie. I, you, what I love about The Dark Knight Rises is Batman that every, Begins is three. Oh, I don't know. Actually, I think if you revisit Batman Begins, it might be your favorite. No, the most like Batman three. one. Three. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> when you watch The Dark Knight Rises, every time you watch it, there's a part of you that hopes it will be a better movie, and it never is. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, you're like maybe this time something I'll see something I didn't before. It'll make like the, the third act work, and it never presents itself. I just want Bane's coat from that movie. Can we talk about that? And Nolan's such a <laughs> like, cocksucker. He's like, no, I put this out. This is what you get. You don't get anything else. There is nothing else, guys. <laughs> he will not ever. He just won't release any other versions of his movies. He says no. These are my director's cuts. I was like, okay, well, swing and a miss there, Chris. I don't think I can try and watch Dunkirk again, because when you were watching it that one day and I was in the room, that score literally gave me... I literally had anxiety. I was like, I have to get away from this. Dunkirk, Which is good. It was effective. Dunkirk so is I, a great movie. I felt like I was going to have a panic attack, so I don't know if I could ever... No. Like, I felt it in my body. I was like, I can't. I can't. <laughs> Dunkirk is probably... That at the end of, end of the day... Probably no one's best movie. Technically. Well, that's fine. It can. I won't watch it because it literally. It's a movie that literally you, you have to watch it more than once because of the way he puts it. Because he does his Nolan thing where he's fucking around with time and stuff. So you have to like actually watch it more than once to really be able to follow it. I can't take that score, man. I can't. It was. It was no. <laughs> well, I guess I will be. I'll be seeing Tenant alone. Is it supposed to be like that? Yes. Oh, I'll I'll try it, but I can't promise anything. You heard it here, folks. (laughs) Tenet by myself. All right. Do you have any closing thoughts, Sarah? No. Thanks for having me. All right. (laughs) Never again. Oh, okay. I don't have to go to Inception. (laughs) I'm kidding. I want to go to Inception. (laughs) I don't don't have to go. We haven't been to a movie theater in like a year. I know. And then actually, you know, because we're marked safe from COVID now. (laughs) Yeah, we're we're COVID survivors. We're enlightened. Okay, we have the plasma. We have the <laughs> antibodies. We can, we're we're like daywalkers in Blade. 
we got vampire powers, but we can walk outside during the day. You can only refer to me as Blade, though. <laughs> what, if we, what if we just both Blade and we both do uh, Wesley Snipes impressions? Don't try me, because I will do it tomorrow. <laughs> what you doing, motherfucker? Motherfucker, you out of your goddamn mind? I'm bringing those cactus. <laughs> Fucking love Blade, dude. The first Blade is amazing. If Blade was playing in the movie theater, I would drop everything, and I, me and Foster would go see Blade one afternoon. Um, you talk about that kid not paying attention. He would not give up. He would love Blade. You would love Blade. All kids love Blade. Yeah, Sean. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, if you'd like to know more about Zoobox, you want to keep up to date with everything Zoobox, there's a bunch of links in the description for Facebook, for Instagram, for my personal Twitter. I talk oh. about movies. I meme. I do all sorts of fun stuff on there. Um, also, if you'd like to make a request for one of these videos or one of the daily videos that I do, you know, it's nice to have some direction sometimes. Sometimes if somebody says, hey, watch this, it's easier. I have a lot of movies, so it narrows the field for me. Um, and yeah, thanks for watching. Thanks for coming, Sarah. Thanks Goodbye. Fine. I'll see you in 10 seconds. Yep. <laughs>